Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's Word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and as we have been going through Colossians, we are in Colossians chapter 2, and today we're going to look at more deeply verses 6 and 7. I love this portion of scripture, this section, because it's involving us being made alive in Christ, so that is beautiful, and yeah, let's just... Let's go right in. Uh, let's read verses 6, and we're going to read all the way until the end of 15, or yeah, until the end of 15. Uh, but today we're just going to focus on verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So yeah, let's go back to verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So, I said this in the past, uh, when we have gone through follow me through Ephesians, every time there is a therefore, we must understand what has been said before that, right? And remember back then, whenever Paul wrote these letters and this letter to the Colossians, Paul did not uh, write in the chapters, did not write in the uh, verse separations. Uh, he wrote it as a coherent letter from start to finish. So, whenever Paul is mentioning, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, uh, the therefore is basically saying because of the previous, because of what I just told you. And what did he just tell us? Well, he told us all of who Christ is in chapter 1, what God has done for us. Chapter 2, 
we see Paul having a great struggle for the people um, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, it says, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. And then he mentions how in Christ is hidden all knowledge and wisdom. So that's Paul's anguish. That's what, that is what Paul is having a great struggle for. And then Paul says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Right? So Paul is calling the believers to recall what they have been taught and reminding them of receiving Christ Jesus the Lord. Right? He could have had said, therefore, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. He could have even said, therefore, as you have received received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. But he makes a point to say, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. So them receiving Christ Jesus, the Lord, is important. We must understand that. Uh, what it means for Christ to be Lord. Uh, we have to take that back to who he is, right? When the Pharisees challenged Jesus, well, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus was making a reference that he is the I am. And to make a mention that you are the I am, you're saying you are God. So Jesus was claiming to be God, but it wasn't just a claim. He is God. So whenever we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, we're saying that he is Yahweh. He is the Lord that is mentioned in the Old Testament. He is the eternal one from God. Jesus is the son of God. He's always been existing. From eternity past, which is why Jesus can say, before Abraham was, I am. So, that is important. And in doing so, Paul exhorts that they are to walk in him. Right? Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, he says. They learned Christ as they have been taught, so it's only right to walk in him. What this means is that they are to have a lifestyle that resembles Christ, one that is holy. Holy means to be set apart. So they are to have a, have a lifestyle that resembles Christ that is holy or that is set apart. And the question I have is, why is this important? Why is that important? Well, because of... Verse 4 of chapter 2. What does it say in verse 4 of chapter 2? It says, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Right? So, deception is real. And there will be people who will try to preach false doctrines or heresies that will lead believers astray. So, this is why we are to walk in Christ. So, every day as we live our Christian life, it's not as if we just did our punch card and said our little prayer for the day and we're good and we don't have to walk in Him or we don't even have to be reminded of Him uh, 
throughout the whole day. But no, we are to walk in him. So we have to continually have a lifestyle that is Christ-like. But how can we have a lifestyle that is Christ-like if you didn't know if you do not know how Christ is like or who is Christ? Right? Remember, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And through that knowledge, through that understanding and wisdom that the Lord gives us, we will begin to walk in that manner, that lifestyle. The lifestyle that is holy, that is set apart, that brings glory to God. So, yes, throughout the whole day, we must be reminded, how can I be Christ-like? Or what am I to do? And now when these deceptions come towards us, when people start telling us that Jesus is this way or that way, right? There is a, a known heresy called modalism where they believe that the father existed at one time, then he became the son, and then the son then became the Holy Spirit. So the word mode is in modalism. So they believe that God changes modes, but that's not the case. We see many times in scripture that the Father is being mentioned by Christ, Jesus praying to the Father. So obviously they are two separate persons. And now the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is known as a hymn. All over scripture, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit gives us understanding of his word, right? The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us to the Father, right? How is that possible if the Holy Spirit is not a person? Or how is that possible that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us to the Father if God changes modes? You see, that is a heresy that we must reject. And why? Because scripture says otherwise, right? We always are to go back to God's word and ask ourselves, what has God said, right? What has God said? That's why I, some, I don't really like the whole, what would Jesus do? I get the idea behind that. But instead, we should be asking, what did Jesus do? Or what does God call us to do, right? Not what would he do? Because then we're just implying that we um, must figure out what would he do. Like, no, we must go to God's word to figure out how has God commanded us to walk in this life, this new life he has given us, right? He has caused us to be born again. And because of that, as Paul says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As you have been taught Christ, learned Christ, then live a lifestyle that resembles Christ. So, another question that would come up. So, how can we know when we are being taught heresy or false doctrines? Well, we abide by God's word. Study it thoroughly and walking according to God's wisdom found in Christ in his word. That's how. We are to 
learn the Word of God because the Word of God is alive and active. We must be sanctified it because it is the Word of God that will bring sanctification to our lives. And the word sanctification can be interchangeably uh, in interchangeable with the word holiness. So to be sanctified is to be holy. So if we are to live a holy life, we must be sanctified. And for us to be sanctified, we must walk alongside the word of God. It is our guide. We are guided in how we are to live our lives. Um, and that is how we can learn when there is true doctrines being taught and false doctrines. That's when we can fight off or push away these false, empty deceits that are being preached to us or even human traditions that may sound nice. But if it's not found in God's word, or if God actually is opposed to whatever uh, tradition is being imposed. Uh, we must abide by God's word and say, no, God has said otherwise. But how can we do so if we don't know the word? How can we do so if we don't know Christ? So that is, that is a, a challenge. Examine yourselves, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see if whether or not you are in Christ. And he says, I hope you do not fail to meet that test. And same with me. I hope you don't fail to meet that test. I pray that you are in Christ, that you are hidden in him. And if you're not, well, this is the time to repent from your sins and, and put your faith in Christ, put your trust in him that he may give you life and give it abundantly. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So, it says rooted and built up in him, right? So, rooted, he's using terms that resembles a tree, right? Rooted like a tree. A tree roots itself into the ground so it will not uh, fall. And I was looking into sequoia trees and their roots, they grow 12 to 14 feet deep, right? That's just the depth. Um, and for a sequoia tree, that may seem pretty shallow, even though it's it's actually pretty deep. Um it's pretty shallow in accordance to how tall the tree is and how much it weighs. But we must understand its roots spread out as well. The fascinating thing is that their roots can take over one acre of the earth. One acre for one tree. That's a lot of earth. And... It can contain over 90,000 cubic feet of soil. That's a lot of soil. That's, that's a lot of dirt. But that's where it gets its nutrients from. It's spreading out its roots. 
And these trees rarely fall, even though they can reach 300 feet. And they can almost weigh 2 million pounds. That's a heavy tree. But the picture I want us to get that get at is we are to be like that tree, rooted in Christ. Well, it says here in the faith, right? Well, it says in him and then established in the faith. So we are rooted in Christ like a tree and we are to be built up in him. And now he's given us a picture of a building. So we are to be built up in him. And whenever you begin building a building, you must have a foundation. And not only that, a firm foundation, a good foundation, right? Because sand could be foundation, but it's not a good foundation. That building is going to fall. It's not secure. But the foundation in whom we built ourselves on is Christ. So the foundation is key to the building and the rest of that building, right? So when we are being built up in him, we must understand that we are building up in Christ and not outside of Christ. That's why we must examine ourselves that we are in Christ. We must, we, we must find that we are in Christ so that we can begin building ourselves up as we learn more about him, as we grow in him, as we are rooted in him. We can begin to learn and search him all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Know this, that from now until you take your last breath, you're going to be learning Christ. That's how rich his grace is, his mercy, his love. All that he is, is so rich and deep that we will not get to the end of it until we die, until we see him face to face. Uh, but until then, we are to grow. We are to learn more about him. So we are to be rooted and built up in him as he's calling the Colossians. That they are to walk in him, rooted and built up in him. Then it says, and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So listen to what it says in Hebrews 13, 9. It says this, Do not be led astray by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. So what I want us to understand is the beginning of 13.9. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. We learn grace through Christ. What is grace? Well, that is unmerited favor. Grace is that which is given to us that is good, right? It's favor towards us. So we are receiving God's favor even though we didn't do anything to receive it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. 
that's what grace is. It's unmerited, I did not work for it, favor. On the flip side, let's understand the other side of it, right? So, for the wages of sin is death, right? Because sin is our work, and what God gives us justly and rightly is death. So, grace is the opposite of that. We didn't work for it, yet God gives it to us. And what has he given us? His favor. We are no longer at war with him. We are no longer haters of God. Now we are found in Christ, clothed in his righteousness as believers. And now the wrath of God is no longer on us, but we are received by him in love. We are received by him in, in peace, right? We get the shalom of God. And that's what's beautiful. And that's what's amazing about this grace, that that is by which we will strengthen our hearts. It's by God's grace, right? The Colossians learned and were taught Christ. They have learned that truth is in Christ as he is truth. And all knowledge and wisdom is in Christ Therefore, that brings us to abounding in thanksgiving. As we learn the truth and gain understanding of Christ, and as we search Him for wisdom and knowledge, we are to be moved to abound in thanksgiving. Right? Remember, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, it mentions that we were once alienated and hostile in mind. But now we can know God. Right? I say, let us abound, as Paul tells the Colossians. Let's, let us abound in thanksgiving. Right? It brings us to worship the Lord. And that is exactly what the Lord is after. Once we learn Christ and continue to learn Christ, it motivates us and moves us to want to sing praises to the Lord. It's amazing all the things that we can learn about Christ. And listen to what it says. We're going to get to this later, Lord willing. But Colossians chapter 3. Listen to what it says in verse 14 and on. It says, And above all put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts with, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to who? It says, to God. It says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's always been about God's glory, and he will receive his glory, whether it's through his mercy and his grace upon those who believe in Christ, or through his justice. That's on all of those who have not repented from their sins, who have not put their faith in Christ, who not trusted in the Lord Jesus for the salvation of their souls. Instead, they are trusting themselves. And we learned, as I said in verse 21, we were alienated and hostile in mind. So every single person that is apart from Christ, 
that have not repented from their sins, that have not put their faith in Christ, they are alienated and they are hostile in mind. They don't know God. And that's why us who are believers, we are to be encouraged who do believe, who do know God, that we learn more of him so that we may proclaim more of him to others, right? We're all given the mandate to what? Make disciples of all nations. We're to preach this gospel, share this gospel, give this gospel, right? It's a free gift, right? It's meant for all ears, but the ears that hear will hear the Lord, will hear his call and will effectually bring them to himself. Because God uses the preaching of the gospel, God uses the proclamation of this gospel to bring about salvation of dead souls. In Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Right? We must, we must preach Christ and him crucified, and in doing so, faith will come about. The Lord will grant them faith, and they will put their trust in Christ. They will recognize their fallenness and, their, and the reason why God's wrath is on them, and they will repent. That's a turning away from their sin. That's an acknowledgement that they have transgressed against the Lord, and they will turn to God for the salvation of their souls, knowing and understanding that there is no one that can save them but Christ. So that's what moves us to want to learn more about God. Because we're saved, it should motivate us to know more about Him. I say, search Christ, be rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, right? In the faith of Christ, just as you were taught, and abound in thanksgiving. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.